0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Jot That Down. I'm Chloe. I'm Alex. And I'm Haley. And we're providing you with knowledge that you're not asking for.
1: Each week we will talk about a different topic and we're all going to research something related to that topic and present it to the other people on the podcast. This week's theme is Old Hollywood. Chloe, take it away. Thank you so much, Alex.
0: Okay, so this week I researched a very interesting story that I did not really know anything about and it is the mysterious death of actress Natalie Wood. So I'm going to paint the picture for you guys. So there's three main characters that are Critical to this story. Number one, Natalie Wood. She was an actress. She was best known for West Side Story, Miracle on 34th Street, and Gypsy. Christopher Walken is the second character, very important to this story. He has been in things like Hairspray, Pulp Fiction, Catch Me If You Can. And then finally, Robert Wagner. He is an American actor known from Dr. Evil's Henchman and Austin Powers, and he was married to Natalie Wood twice. Once from 1957 to 1962, and then again, 10 years later from 1972 to 1981 when she died. So what happened, you may ask. Thank you so much for asking. On November 29th, 1981, Natalie Wood died after disappearing from a yacht that she was on, owned by her husband, Robert Wagner, and with Christopher Walken. It was there on this boat, that one night she excused herself from dinner or the table, wherever they were sitting. I don't really think those details are readily available. And her body was found in the water the following day, one mile away from the boat. It was ruled an accident, but then in 2018, the case was reopened. So to give you guys a little bit of background, I'm gonna read a little bit of what Wikipedia has said, and then I'll go into what each person aka the only two living people from this story, Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken, have to say. So on November 29th, 1981, Natalie Wood drowned near the yacht, which is called the Splendor, while it was in Catalina Island, and Wagner and Walken were on this boat together, and it had never been explained why Christopher Walken's wife was not on the trip, so it was just the three of them on this boat. And according to... Natalie Wood's husband, Robert Wagner, when they went to bed, Natalie was not there. So the autopsy revealed that she had bruises on her body and an abrasion on her left cheek. It was also discovered that her blood alcohol content was 0.14 and that there were two types of medication in her bloodstream, a motion sickness pill and also a painkiller, which increased the effects of alcohol. Two witnesses who were on a boat nearby stated that they heard a woman screaming for help during the night, and following the investigation, the LA County Coroner ruled that her death was an accident by drowning and hypothermia. Later, in 2011, the captain of the ship, whose name I believe is Dennis Davern, he publicly stated that he had lied to the police during the investigation, and that he had heard Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood having an argument. And then he alleged that Wood had been flirting with Christopher Walken, and that Wagner got very jealous and angry. And then following her disappearance, Robert Wagner prevented the captain, Davern, from turning on the searchlights and notifying the authorities. Super creepy. So then in 2012, after this case had been dismissed as an accident, The L.A. County coroner amended her death certificate and changed it so that the cause of death went from accidental drowning to drowning and other undetermined circumstances. The amended document included a statement that said circumstances of how she ended up in the water are not clearly established. Then they offered a 10-page addendum to her autopsy report that stated she might have sustained other bruises to her body before she drowned. In 2018, the LA County Sheriff's Department named her ex-husband, Robert Wagner, a person of interest in the case, which, duh. And then Wagner has denied any involvement since, and he has gotten a lawyer, and it's wild. So what does Christopher Walken have to say about this? Christopher Walken has never talked about the rumored affair that he was having with Natalie Wood, but it was kind of well-known in their circles. They were filling a movie together. They were flirting all the time on set. People thought that they were like having an affair. And he has said, quote, what happened that night only she knows because she was alone. The people who are convinced that there was something more to it will never be satisfied with the truth because there is nothing more but an accident, end quote. Now, Natalie Wood's sister, on the other hand, has something very different to say. She alleges that Natalie would never swim because she was terrified of water and that she would never have left the yacht on her own on a dinghy, which is what Robert Wagner alleges that she did, that she like escaped on a dinghy and that's how she drowned. Um, But two witnesses had said that they heard a woman scream for help during the night and that nobody on the boat told the police about that. So overall, to me, this sounds like somebody murdered her. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Christopher Walken. I don't know if it was Robert Wagner. What do you guys think? Did you know about this? This sounds
2: super fucking sketchy. What what gets me is that, I mean... All of this is speculation, but what gets me is that Christopher Walken doesn't seem like he had anything to do with it because her and her husband like, were arguing and everything like that, but like, if she got up at dinner, like, left the table, and it's only two of them, then how does it translate? Like, Did she just never come back and then at night when her husband was like, oh, she's missing? Like, I don't understand it. It seems like there's like hours that are unaccounted for. For sure.
0: And Christopher Walken has said that she had told him while they were filming the movie Brainstorm, which is why they were on set together, she had told him that she could not swim and they actually had to cut a scene from the movie because she couldn't swim. And so he said to the police that she was probably half asleep at the time of her death or, like, somehow stumbled into the water.
1: Mm. Wow. Okay, super sketchy. And I do think that there was foul play for sure.
2: Agreed. That's Agreed. what I'm leaning
1: towards. Mm-hmm. And
2: also, like, I mean, if Christopher Walken knew she couldn't swim, her husband definitely knew that she couldn't swim. So.
1: Right. If he did do something. And she definitely like... knew she couldn't swim. So. <laughs> so we all she knew. She didn't hop in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no.
0: That is it's, so sketchy. It's so sketchy, and it's so. Have you guys ever seen that movie? Um, oh god, The Talented Mr. Ripley. No, have not. Ugh, it's a classic. Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Matt Damon in their mm-hmm. primes. They're like babies, and they're in Italy, and they go on this boat. I don't want to spoil what happens, but basically, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> For when she <laughs> never watches it. It's on It's on my watch list. Oh, well, it reminds me of that movie, and I'll leave it at that. So thank you so much. Okay. Wow.
2: That is, I'm sorry, that's just so sad. And also, it goes to show, I mean, what year did this happen?
0: This was 1981.
2: Yeah. I just feel like Hollywood buries so much stuff. And the fact that it only came out again in the late, like, 2010s or early 2010s, just goes to show, and like both witnesses are alive. Like, why aren't they asking more questions? I it's guess actually, crazy. is it like
0: Statue of Limitations? Would that be a thing? No, because I feel like he wasn't ever tried, so it's not okay. like they were trying him <clears throat> again, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. like foul play.
1: Also, question I might have missed this part, but why was the case reopened, or like, why was the, why did the coroner change the? death certificate in 2012. So Wikipedia did not really have all that much information on
0: why Mm. it was reopened, but it said that because the captain Davern had publicly stated that he had lied during the initial investigation. I don't know if like that inspired them to reopen the case Mm. because they knew there was untruths that had been stated when the case was originally being you know, looked into. So that's that. And also I think, um, when they reopened the case, HBO did a special, which is currently on HBO. I haven't watched it, but there's like a whole piece where her sister is interviewed. And I am very curious to see what she has to say.
1: Interesting. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Oh my god, you're welcome. I never would have known.
0: Well, you would if you had watched The Talented Mr. Ripley.
1: Well, mm. okay. <laughs>
0: well, you just spoiled all of it, so thanks so much.
1: Well, now I never have to watch it, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so mine is not going to be as cohesive or um, well thought out like Chloe's was, but you're just going to have to deal with it. So I will be discussing the life and indiscretions of Charlie Chaplin, everyone's favorite silent movie maker. Um <laughs> He's the only one I know, really. Okay, so he was born in 1889 in London, England. And can I just say, I literally did not know he was British because I literally never heard him talk. (laughs) Same, (laughs) I mean, we have no reason to. In 1889, (laughs) I mean, wow. Yeah, a while ago. Okay, so his dad was a vocalist and an actor. His mother was an actress and singer. I just felt like that was needed. Because Wait,
0: pause. His dad was a vocalist, and yet Charlie Chaplin made silent movies?
1: Don't. So, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. But his father died when he was 10, and his mother was sick, so he really kind of just, like, started his life out just with his brother, and they kind of just took care of each other and whatnot. Um, so he started his career as a comedian, and it took him to the U.S. in 1910 when he was however old that makes him. He began his own production company in 1917 and began producing movies then. In 1918, he married his first wife, Mildred, who was 17, and he was 29 at the time. Woof, 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 woof. 12-year gap, quick Mm -hmm. math, okay. 17? What Mm -hmm. am I, a child bride? She was, Mildred was. Like literally, Mm -hmm. yes they divorced in 1920 so they were only married for like two years until mildred snapped her senses in 1921 he came out with a film called the kid which starred jackie coogan i think his name was he played sure was. a little kid i do you know him only because and just a quick little
2: anecdote he was a child star like in the mm-hmm. early 1900s he's like one of
1: the most famous ones yes
2: and all of his like his parents took all of his fortune and then oh. he was, like, destitute by the time he was, like, an adult. And that's all I have to say about that. We need well, to do okay. an
0: episode on child actors. Oh, yeah. oh my
1: God. We could go Next on. Next week. Okay. So the reason I mentioned The Kid that came out in 1921 is because an actress named Lilita McMurray starred in The Kid when she was 12 years old. In 1925, Charlie Chaplin made the gold rush. He was looking for a leading lady and decided to hire Lolita McMurray, who was aged 16 at the time of this movie. Or no, she wasn't even 16. Because she wasn't even 16, she was put under a contract and renamed Lita Gray. I don't know if that made it better. Now I don't know. Anywho, they quickly began an affair and she became pregnant within six months of shooting the movie so she was like around 16-ish, when she became pregnant with Chaplin's child. They were forced, quote unquote, to marry and um, eventually had another child together. Then in 1928, he was making another movie and him and Lita were divorcing and it was a very messy divorce and um, her lawyers tried to ruin his career by smearing his reputation in court and there was some drama with that, but they eventually divorced. Okay. In nineteen thirty-six he married his third wife, Paulette, who was twenty two when they met, but claimed to be seventeen. But that did not that did not deter him at all. He just Obviously. went full what do you, steam like ahead. She was twenty two and no. she said she was seventeen allegedly yeah according to the internet she was 22 years old but maybe tried to like deter him and make him like go away by saying that she was 17 but he was like he's like unfazed even better by it. yeah <laughs> like, oh my perfectly. god mm-hmm. so they married and at this point he's like 45 46ish yeah. um but they get married in 1936 and then in uh, 1941 he meets an actress Joan Barry Never heard of her, and began an affair with her. So she was living in Los Angeles. He was in Manhattan at the time, and he bought her a train ticket to come from uh, Los Angeles all the way to New York. And they attended parties together, whatnot. And he also apparently made her available to others for immoral purposes, which I read as just like offered her up for sex to other Ew. people but this is illegal at the time it violates the man act uh, also known as the white slave traffic act which states that you can't cross state lines for prostitution or for immoral behavior can you what year is this 1942
2: and also was prostitution not illegal or it was only illegal if you crossed state lines i feel like he's breaking multiple laws here i'm
1: gonna say i have no idea but it definitely was illegal to cross the lines for the purpose of prostitution which i don't know who knows how laws worked anywho he was still married at this time and so Um, about two months later, after the New York incident when he I was gonna say flew her out, but trained her out, she broke into his house with a gun and claimed that he was the father of her child that she was pregnant with. Um, and he immediately denied the paternity of the baby and she immediately claimed that he violated the MAN Act. So then he was indicted on this, but then exonerated. And they really didn't go much further into detail, but Another messy court dealing with that. And it's not that like they had a famous white male is what <laughs> got him out of it.
0: And it's not like they had Jerry Springer to like read the results of this. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Are you thinking of Maury? There, I no. I think, no, I think Jerry Springer does it too. They both do. I don't actually know. Okay. Okay. 1942. That same year, he divorced his wife Paulette. This is wife number three. And in 1943, he marries Una, who's an 18-year-old girl, woman actually. And um, how he's old is 53. He at this time? Oh my 53. god! 53. Ew. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and they actually are together for the rest of his life.
2: And I mean, probably because he's have, so
1: old. Right. He probably like, doesn't. Why even bother? Yeah, doesn't <sighs> want to look elsewhere. They have eight children together. <gasps>
2: Wait, are these the, his only kids or with his fourth wife?
1: Mm-mm, no, oh, remember duh, because remember he had the it, yes. two with the, f- the first child. And then I don't, the I don't know if he had any third. with the second child. No, no the alleged child is not even a wife. That oh, is a mistress during God. the third marriage. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, but they had eight children together. So I guess he ended up with like at least 10, maybe more. But so... He got married to Una in 1943, but in 1944, he was involved in a hectic paternity court case with his lover, Joan Berry, from the third marriage, and they did a blood test um, because that was the only way to rule out paternity or basically find out if the child is yours at the time, and it was found out that he was not the father And three doctors confirmed that they did not believe, based on the DNA, that he was the father. Um, But at the time, blood tests were the only tests, and they were not permissible in court. So um, she pursued him in court and it went to two trials. The first one was deadlocked, the jury. And the second one, um, they found him to be the father, even though he wasn't, but because (laughs) they couldn't use the tests. um, So he was forced to pay child support and stuff for a baby that was like clearly not his based on scientific evidence. And this actually led to paternity law reform in California and several other states. So they all have Charlie Chaplin to thank for that.
0: Thanks, Charlie.
1: That
2: is crazy. I also, kind of deviating from the point, Mm -hmm. speaking of children,
1: Chloe, you watched
2: Game of Thrones. I did. His granddaughter is in Game of Thrones. She was married to Rob Stark. Mm -hmm. And apparently her name is Una. I just, I had to Google this because I was like, Oh my God. And she's also in The Longest Ride. I think we watched that together.
0: We did. Wait, what character is she in that movie?
2: She is like, in the flashbacks, she's the wife of like the now
1: older man.
0: Oh my God.
1: Crazy. So her, it's Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter. Yeah. I had to look Probably it up. from his marriage with Una then. So she's probably yes. named after her grandmother. Yes. Her
2: mom mm. is Geraldine. And so this woman, Una Chaplin, which is kind of crazy that they've kept this name, but obviously it, it makes sense. Like it's a famous name. You'd want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's 34 and her mom's like 76. Oh. Just
1: interesting. Interesting.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Unfortunately, we're not done with Charlie yet. That's okay. <laughs> and that's not okay. a bad thing so the the paternity court shenanigans uh went on from like 1944 to 1945 and then in 1947 um he was thought to have associations with pro-nazi groups and also it was the time of like mccarthyism so like everyone was scared of um communism and stuff and he was accused of harboring communist sympathies um so he he was denounced by the House Un-American Activities Committee, which I have no idea what that is, but he was denounced by them. Um, and also at the time, I don't know if he was like a citizen of the U.S. or not, but he's not American because he was from England. Um, he, at any point that you left the country, you'd have to like resubmit for Reentry, kind of like a visa type thing, and in 1952 he went to London with his family for a movie premiere, and he was denied reentry into America. So he, yeah, so he lived in Switzerland starting from like 1952 until the end of his life in so to clarify, the 70s. He was denied <laughs> entrance because of his associations with Nazis. I believe so. Yeah, I believe the government was just like done with him. Wow! Um, wow. Or the American uh, government for what? I don't know. Seriously, I think more like the communism stuff. Mm. I mean, yeah. whatever it takes to get him out of the country. I guess I can't yeah. believe he just straight up yes. never came back. So he did return to the U.S. to accept an honorary Oscar, um, and then he left again. And yeah, wow. That's the life, and. I want to say tribulations, but not really the scandals of Charlie Chaplin just married to multiple children. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could do Anywho. a whole segment
2: on Hollywood men who marry children, essentially.
0: We literally could. Yes. Yes, we <sighs> could. would be really sad. Not that this is yes.
1: already <laughs> sad, but like I feel like that would be like too much. Yeah. Any other questions? I don't think so. I'm honest. Other than surprised. how dare he. Well, yeah, but I didn't know any of this. <laughs> Me neither. Beginning from the fact that he was British. to <laughs> for The sure. rest of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for spreading the knowledge that we didn't ask for. There's the tagline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so jot that down.
0: I literally am. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, okay, ladies. Well, this is, I mean, it's just... It's a little sad, but maybe it's not as, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate on that. Um, Do it. (laughs) What? So I am covering the tumultuous and very short-lived nine-month marriage of Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. I'm just fascinated with the two because obviously like she was married so many times and like we all know about how she was considered like a sex symbol and everything like that. But I think sources have come out and said she was actually like a very intelligent woman and she wasn't just what she looked like. And I just feel like her whole life is just very devastating. And this just adds to it. So without further ado, Joe DiMaggio, as we know, was an MLB player for the Yankees. He and Monroe met in 1952 at the request of DiMaggio. Um, He had just finished his career with the Yankees. So like he was done over it, whatever. She, however, was at the height of her career because she had a bunch of movies coming out in the mid-1950s, and so her career was just taking off. She was getting a lot of attention around Hollywood and basically, like, across the country. They dated for a couple years. They married in January 1954 and literally divorced in October of the same year. So, apparently, by the sounds of it, what drew DiMaggio to Marilyn actually led to their divorce I guess or some parts of it because him being done with his career and kind of stepping away from the spotlight and her doing the complete opposite apparently like it wasn't good for their relationship and obviously as I said she was considered a sex symbol in Hollywood obviously a bunch of men ogled at her I'm sure inappropriately plenty of times but it actually led to the downfall because like he loved her confidence he loved like everything she was about and then. Eventually, I think he started resenting her for it, or by the sounds of it, that's what happened. Um, So it sounds
0: like he was jealous that people loved her more than him.
2: Yeah, okay, definitely jealous, like didn't like the attention that she was getting. I don't know if it was because he wasn't getting it as much. Like I'm sure people still recognized him, but I think it was like maybe a protectiveness. His wife is obviously gorgeous. She's getting attention from men who aren't him. You know, the story is... Old as the dawn of time, essentially jealousy. Um, An example I found was we all know the famous movie, The Seven Year Itch, and that's where the scene. Well, you'll know the scene.
1: Okay, I've literally
2: never heard of that movie. Oh, Okay, Um, (laughs) it's it's when Marilyn Monroe she stands over the subway grate, um, Mm, hair blows mm -hmm. up her skirt, like it's literally in like every old. That was from The House Bunny. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like how, how
1: fucking <laughs> dare you? From there?
2: Um, so apparently that was also staged by the producer. His name is Billy Wilder. Apparently he planned it. I don't know if Marilyn knew it was happening. Um, I'd be super angry if I were her and I didn't know it was happening. But apparently Joe DiMaggio was on set at the time that this was happening and they were filming it. And obviously her skirt goes up. A bunch of onlookers are like cheering for her, whatever. And he became, like, very angry about this, so it just, like, adds to his jealousy. When she filed for divorce, the reason was mental cruelty. So, apparently, it's, like, the jealousy, the resentment, the attention she was getting from other men, and I actually found something, the source is page six, and... People found out that Joe DiMaggio kept an apology letter from Monroe and he like folded up in his wallet and had it for years. And it's actually really sad. And I feel like it's kind of manipulative, but it reads, Dear Joe, I know I was wrong. I acted the way I did and said the things I did because I was hurt, not because I meant them. And it was stupid of me to be hurt because actually there wasn't enough reason. In fact, no reason at all. And then she ends it with, Please accept my apology and don't, 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 don't be angry with your baby. She loves you lovingly. Your wife for life, Mrs. J.P. DiMaggio. And I feel like literally, don't you think it's so weird to keep an apology letter? Like,
0: I feel like he did it because he deep down still loved her and like cared about her.
2: Yes. And I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe he had plenty of reasons to keep a letter. Like maybe it was one of the only things he had left of hers, whatever it is. But I just, I find it really devastating that she cited the reason for filing the divorce as mental cruelty. And it sounds like she was like super apologetic in this note, whatever their fights were about. And he kept it all this time.
0: I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know. I will say, I don't know a lot about Marilyn Monroe and that's bad on me, but I'm really proud of her for like knowing that something's unhealthy and like doing something about it. Like that does not seem like a lot of women would do that in that time. even still,
2: absolutely. I think that's huge. Yeah, no, especially being who she is, like it seemed like she was just a very strong woman, and like she knew, so there's actually pictures of like the day she was filing for her divorce. She knew all of the stuff that was going to come out about her and she did it anyway because obviously she was like miserable in the marriage and good on her. But after the divorce, DiMaggio and his friend Frank Sinatra got a hint from a private investigator that Monroe had apparently been with another man at this apartment. And the private investigator DiMaggio and Frank Sinatra all went and this, this literally was known as the wrong door raid. It didn't come out until a couple years after it happened because people tried to bury it. But apparently, someone, one of the three, I think it was the PI, kicked in the door of an apartment building only to find like a completely random older woman. Um, and she eventually sued all of them. I think they paid her like $7,500, whatever it was. And it didn't come out until a couple years later for good reason. And angry and embarrassed by the incident, dimaggio like rarely spoke to frank sinatra after this happened because i think he was like egging him on and also as another side note what fueled the fight or the distance between dimaggio and frank sinatra was a couple things there were always like hollywood rumors of sinatra and monroe having an affair and so that was whirling around like obviously joe dimaggio still loved her and Joe DiMaggio blamed Frank Sinatra for introducing her to the Kennedys. And we all know what happened there. I mean, that could be a whole other episode. So and it crazy. should be, it should be. Um, anyway, it took years for the two to reconcile and eventually become friendly again. Uh, Marilyn Monroe married someone else, um, Arthur Miller, from 1956 to 1961. And after her divorce with him, she was admitted to a psychiatric clinic. And Joe DiMaggio was actually the person to set her release and take care of her. I think maybe she was admitted in New York or something like that. And he actually took her home to Florida so she could rest. Um, And during this time, rumors swirled about like a rekindled romance, um, but they never remarried. And As we know, Monroe suffered from addiction, depression, anxiety, and she eventually died from an overdose in August of 1962. Despite all of the rumors, all of like the tumultuous behavior between the two, it seemed like obviously deep down they cared for each other. I have no idea what was going on. Obviously, only the two know. But he arranged her funeral service and banned Sinatra and JFK from attending. Crazy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Literally. And for decades later, DiMaggio sent flowers to her grave every week. Like oh clearly God. he was devastated by God. her death. He never remarried. And did he they was- have yeah. children together? They did not. He was quoted saying in dinner with DiMaggio, I have no idea what that is. I should probably look at <laughs> it. It says I'll go to my grave regretting and blaming myself for what happened to her.
0: Oh, so, so sad.
2: and I know this, I know this like seems, I'm just trying not to negate from the fact that like she cited mental cruelty. Like I get it. Obviously it was like, it's sweet of her. It's sweet of him to care for her, like after her death and everything like that. I just obviously want to be careful about being like, Oh, like he's the right. sweetest. Cause we don't know what right. happened,
0: but it is devastating nonetheless. That is. And also I didn't know that Frank Sinatra was, like,
1: involved with that. Yeah, I had no idea. Alex, did you know that? I did know he was involved somehow with her, but I really know nothing about her life. Um, So I didn't know the specifics. But also, knowing the full story now, I don't think it's odd that he kept that letter from her. Like, clearly, some unresolved things... And like, also, I don't even, know, I I know what you mean by like, you can't downplay mental cruelty, but mm-hmm. I also don't know what that means. Like that, I feel like that can mean a bunch of things. Right. Yeah. Did they ever say like, did he
0: ever speak to their divorce or what happened?
2: No. And I guess he stayed pretty silent about it for a year, like years after her death. And I mean, maybe I, I guess that gives more context into keeping the apology note, because maybe if he like blames himself. His, himself for her death maybe her apology note like gives him some kind of semblance of like okay it's not all on me like mm. I don't know it's awful though it's so sad and like he obviously blamed Frank Sinatra for introducing her to the Kennedys and like that was a whole thing so obviously a ton of things could have led to
0: her like addiction depression all right. of that. wow <laughs> Yep. Okay. Well, that wraps up episode one of Jot That Down. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Jot That Down Pod. That's J O T T H A T. Wait. Pod. Do... <laughs> I'm actually gonna do. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Jot That Down Pod. That's J O T That Down I love that. I j o t down wait t h h
2: that
1: <laughs> the that, that is that down
2: p o d wow i love okay. that that's how you have to end every time